0: Serena. It's so lovely to have you on Down to Brown. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I've got a pink blazer on. It's Friday. Good vibes. You're looking great. I love that color. <laughs> so do you with your little ocean poetic thing in the background. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> so serene. We have been talking. Oh, so serene. Um. Anyway, I'm sure I'm not the first one who thought of that. You reached out to me a while ago, actually, I think earlier last year, I think we talked during this summer, late summer. Um, and I just still so appreciated you doing that um, and connecting. I think it's always really satisfying to do a conversation and podcast like down to brown, but it's even more powerful when you hear from different voices and people say like, I have something to say too, and would love to connect on that. So I remember being so impressed with you and wanted to talk to you more about the space that you're in, which is wellness, fitness, health but I know we have also shifted the conversation quite significantly back then I was thinking about it very much like okay well when the January kind of time frame arrives people will be thinking about health goals and stuff like that maybe we could time it with that but honestly like just imagine this is a scene in a movie where a person's about to give a speech They crumple the paper and they're like actually I'm going to speak from my heart and if I had to speak from my heart I would say holy shit we're all in this year that we didn't expect to be in still after 2020. We're two years into the pandemic. Parents are still having such a difficult time, rightfully so, balancing it all. Um, we have a variant. People are just living very non-traditional lives. So I would love to start off asking you, like, what does the world of health look like in a time like this where we're all just trying to like find meaning and balance and just sanity?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest shift in wellness and fitness, even within the last 10 years, has been the commercialization of so many different modalities, like yoga, um, like going to the gym, strength training, weightlifting. And I think that fitness has now become a word for marketers to use to make money off of people. Um, Within the pandemic, we've, of course, seen higher stress, higher levels of anxiety about being unsure about what's to come, about literally what's to come in the day. Um, And I think that our mindsets have just totally shifted um, regarding fitness. And I think there's a lot of pressure for some reason that people feel I need to have a fitness routine. I need to have a wellness routine. I need to wake up at 5 a.m. to get Mm -hmm. all these things done before the day starts, which I think it's just all this this external pressure is putting too much on us that we've already been feeling. Um, And I think that our conversation about fitness and wellness should be shifting to what our mindset is and what it is that we actually need to feel better. And sometimes that's not physical activity. Sometimes that's not journaling. And sometimes it's literally just resting at the end of the day. Um, I think that a lot of people Their jobs are demanding physically, uh, whether that's their at-home jobs or their working jobs. So if you're out there delivering packages, if you're out there picking up kids, dropping them off, giving them activities to keep them stimulated throughout the day, that is a hard job. Um, Yeah. And we're putting, we're using a lot of our physical and mental energy on helping other people. And I think that what we need to start to think about is how we're helping ourselves first. So the things that we do right when we wake up, the things that we do right before we go to bed and how we can kind of shift the way that we're viewing our mindsets and the way that we're treating ourselves before we help out other people.
0: You raise a really interesting point in in addition to all the wise things you just shared. um, What to you is fitness? Like what is your definition of fitness?
1: That's a great question. Um, I use the word fitness because it is the easiest word for people to understand what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, my perspective on what I do is finding ways to be joyful through physical activity. So finding ways mm-hmm. that we can empower ourselves, power our minds, empower our bodies to feel joyful. Um, and fitness is just that buzzword that Makes that make sense? So I don't explain things in a million words. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that would be my my entire definition there.
0: I um, really appreciate that because I think with fitness, we tend to have this idea of like fitness and like Barry's boot camp. Mm-hmm. I've been really challenging myself to think differently about fitness um, as someone who doesn't even know as much as you do. Um, just as someone who's trying to do it um, every day and rethinking that and trying to balance that with your body, just asking for different things, especially the last two years. Um, It's not possible for me to replicate that lifestyle when I was working and things were before 2020. Um, But I think one thing that I like struggle with is like, especially, you know, as we turn to even social media in this time, you see a lot, like my coworker and I were just talking about how she sees these routine videos of like, you wake up and like day in the life of, and you do all these aspirational activities and they're very aesthetic, right? Like you wake up and you pour your matcha, you do yoga, you take a meeting, you do some stretches, walk your dog. And like, these are beautiful, but I just don't know in reality, are people doing this? And so I feel like, especially as we turn to social media more and more in a time to stay connected with folks around in our lives, how do we also manage the messages we're seeing about fitness and health and what like the reality of it is.
1: Right. I think that those, I mean, I could talk for ages about those videos, but I won't (laughs) talk for ages. (laughs) We have ages here. (laughs) I think that the message that, that hopefully these people are trying to put out is these are the things that I do to feel good and competent and powerful in my skin.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and I think that that's a message that we can definitely take. And how is it that we can feel powerful and confident and wonderful in our own skin? Um, and I, I would say that these videos are probably mostly unrealistic. Um, yeah, <laughs> thinking about are these things? Yeah, like, are you really doing this every day? Are you really waking up at 5am and making five lattes and going to the gym in your cute outfit, like how many cute (laughs) outfits do you have? Um, And of course, this might be somebody's reality and that's great. And it's wonderful that they feel powerful and confident in that, but how can we feel powerful and confident? Um, And I think removing all of the, the consumeristic qualities from those and thinking about, okay, I have this Rainforest Cafe mug that I've had my whole life and it makes me really happy to drink out of this mug because it reminds me of the memories that my family has made at Rainforest Cafe. Yeah. Um, Rather than like getting a clear mug that's $40 because I want my coffee to look pretty. Yeah. Um, And you know thinking about those things that kind of bring you that little sense of joy in the morning or the outfit like this sweatshirt makes me feel so great. That's why I wore it today that blazer makes you feel so great. Maybe that's why you wore that today. Mm-hmm. So thinking about those those little things, like these earrings, you know, there's so many things that can make us feel beautiful for different reasons and help us feel that sense of I'm practicing wellness. Um, so kind of removing those, as hard as it sounds to do, because we see it all day on TikTok, on Instagram, yeah but removing those those pressures from other people who don't look like us who don't have the same background as us everybody is going through life at a different pace with a different background and thinking about what is my pace what is my background how can i feel like that
0: that's so beautifully said and i think it could be applied to many things where it's not just fitness but like what you tapped into i thought was brilliant of like what we think should be there for the sake of like a you know other people and aesthetic versus what are the small meaningful things that give joy to you even if they clash like so what like that's what makes you happy right like there might be a, a time where back in the day I would have even put this outfit together i didn't even think about really like the outfit today i thought about like the pieces like similar to what you said where i was like i want to wear that gray shirt cuz it's comfortable i want to wear mm-hmm. a sports bra i want to wear like a blazer because it's like brightening up like my day um but maybe i wouldn't have put it together this way before right um because i would think like oh but other people like you probably want to see a white shirt under the and like you get stuck in that and it sounds really silly but like these are the things that we have probably had like many conversations with ourselves about like trying to be someone for the sake of something else versus just listening to intentionally what you need um so i appreciate that reminder in the aspect of body and movement because that is just so critical in this period But before we also get further, I would love to like ground us in, how did you first get into this space? Because it's also not, it's sort of a tricky thing with brown people. It's like not traditional, but it's also in our tradition. So how did you get into this?
1: (laughs) Um, Well, as a kid, I've just, I've always been hyper and just super active. So getting my energy out was really important as a kid, because otherwise my parents would have like called me. Worse names than they probably did <laughs> when I was crazy and bouncing off the walls. Um, but as I grew up, um, fitness kind of became this safe space for me. It was something that when I was in therapy, my therapist was really behind me going to the gym to relieve stress, to relieve anxiety, to feel better about myself, um, and it kind of became that safe space for me as in my teenage and um, and college years. So. Uh, when I went to college and I was transitioning of not having a community anymore, the gym really became my community. Even though I didn't know anybody, it was like I was seeing the same people every day. I started going to group fitness classes, and the instructors were really nice and welcoming and warm. And eventually, I like went up to them and I was like, "I absolutely love your classes." And they're like, "Oh my gosh, we're so glad you've been coming. You should totally be an instructor." And I was like, "What?" I don't know about that um, and they totally empowered me to enroll in this class that the university was offering and I took the class and I came out of it and I felt so empowered and felt like there was definitely a lack of viewing fitness of self-care within my community and the broader community as I started following people on Instagram and reading more about health and wellness and learning more about fitness. I was like, this doesn't really sound like the way that I want to be leading people. Um, And that's kind of what really made me feel like I had a sense of responsibility within the community since I didn't see anybody that looked like me either. So, and I was in Oregon. So predominantly I was the only person of color in most classes. Mm -hmm. So it kind of felt like I had a responsibility to the other people who maybe weren't feeling welcomed in that space to be that sense of, Um, Of inclusivity and being welcoming in that space. Um, And then after my first year of teaching fitness at the university, I was offered the role of supervising the group fitness program. And I was like, what? (laughs) There are people that have been here for way longer than me. Um, But it gave me so much confidence and made me feel so good about where I was heading and that I kind of found my calling and I learned so much from the professional staff at the university that it just, it just made me feel really solid and that this was really my calling. Um, and that's kind of how, how I ended up here now. <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: that's incredible. So it sounds like it both, you found it, it found you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that happens with the best of things that like our calling or passions that we just like, can't even deny ourselves, the universe will find a way, um, right. And this is where I'd love to tap into. You you mentioned even just being physically in a demographic that you weren't as represented, um, and that's often the case in the U.S. Like for except for a few cities, um, and so one thing that really strikes me is like being a brown instructor in fitness, and that's something we sometimes even joke about with like yoga like it's being taught by people who are not identifying as South Asian but talking about it very confidently sometimes like yoga explaining in a way that feels like oh gosh like that that's like what I grew up with my parents telling me but now I'm hearing something else so what is it like to be a brown instructor and like leader in fitness especially in a place where you might be underrepresented
1: right I think that's a great question and I've never heard yoga explaining before but I love that (laughs) (laughs) that is such a clever term I'm gonna use that all the time now Um, (laughs) but I I really think that it's just an interesting experience being in this space because even now being an instructor like I went to a new class maybe like a month ago and I felt so incredibly unwelcomed in the space um especially in the city that I'm in now where it's mostly um not people of color who live here. Like we're the only people of color on our street even. Um, And it, it's just, it's funny that I still feel this way, even though I'm confident in my abilities and confident in my knowledge. Um, And I still feel unwelcome in some spaces. And I, I think that it makes me feel like I have even more of a responsibility to help other people Mm. who don't feel welcome in the space, Um, particularly financially being unwelcome in spaces, since it costs a lot of money to go to a fitness class, like a ridiculous amount of money to participate in a one hour experience. Um, And being able to provide classes that are free, so more people have access to that knowledge more people have access to the space and that they just feel included. Um, I think that that is so important and being from the privileged perspective of growing up with the time to participate in sports with the means to go to fitness classes, it feels like even more of, of a calling to be able to use that experience of still feeling unwelcome in a space that I should have felt welcome in so i can then bring that to other people and bring that experience and bring that knowledge and almost like that advantage of having a couple years more experience in that space and bringing it to them mm. as a way to just bring people into the space i don't know if that really answered your question now i'm going on like another tangent no that <laughs> is like
0: and it, what strikes me about you in addition to so many things is your ability to take your experiences and garner empathy um, and being able to use that as a superpower and your um, advantage, basically to your advantage to help other people feel included and mm-hmm. uh, make things more accessible to them. Especially with yoga, to your point, like I remember there was a time where I was going through a really challenging time and I was like, gosh, like I was fantasizing with eat, pray, love situation of like, I should just go on a yoga retreat, but like maybe somewhere locally very expensive. Um, it was like thousands of dollars to even like spend, um, a weekend in a place mm-hmm. to like be able, cause a lot of it is also the as aspirational aesthetic of yoga sometimes that I feel yeah. like gets incorporated in somehow. Um, whereas like, if you did this in India and I was telling my, my dad about it and he was like, you know, it's free, come to India, pay for your ticket, but like come to India. And like, all you have to do is some seva at the like yoga center, but that's usually how yoga is done. Right. Like also using your body to, give back to other people Mm -hmm. like whether it's cleaning the floor serving the food making the food um but you like do yoga because that's like a free access you just need like a little square like rectangular space not even a mat and you can get your yoga session in um so that part is always very interesting to me like this capitalization of fitness and also like where it can really um to your point earlier even with tiktok and like instagram like really fuck with your mentality of like what.
1: You're even trying to achieve about it. Totally. I think that that is such a good point of the thousands of dollars that people spend to get these experiences that literally should be free in a sense, monetarily. But rather than the actual principle of bringing people together through movement, seeing people as humans mm-hmm. rather than seeing them as a paycheck almost, which I yeah. think. Is- a lot of what these programs are doing is like, the more people I get, the more I'm going to get for providing this experience, which I think is great and a great way to, to use the skills that you've learned and put that effort into in order to make a living. Um, But it's also important to acknowledge the roots of what you're teaching. Um, So if you're like, in Southern California and doing this retreat and it's all Lottie Dodd juice cleanses and yoga and everybody is white like you're not acknowledging then where it came from or if somebody is a person of color or identified as South Asian or has practiced yoga before acknowledging that they have that experience as well and that some of the things that you're saying might feel ostracizing to them yeah um, like my dad and I went to this yoga class in the park Um, the instructor literally was like, uh, do a Chattanooga if you want to, or a Chattaranga. I never know how to say that word. And I was like, and my dad's been practicing yoga like forever.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's, that's so cringe, but I know we've all been in that situation. Yeah. Um, I actually have like a kind of like, just to see what you have to say to this answer. Do you feel like yoga should be taught by
1: non-South Asian people? I think that's, that's a tough question. And I feel like it's something that I've thought about. And my belief is that if we're doing good, if we're helping people feel better and feel good about themselves, then anybody should be able to teach that anybody anybody should be able to lead that um as long as there is acknowledgement of the root of what they're teaching um so i think that i think that if it were up to me and i had some sort of regulation counsel over fitness, <laughs> i would say that that instructors should be regulated based on their, their ability to effectively teach a class safely, effectively teach a class with acknowledgement and um, respect to the culture of the root of what they're teaching, um, and that they are doing it with good intentions, Yeah, (laughs) Um, which those three things would be really hard to evaluate, I think. Um, just given how large the population of yoga instructors there are that aren't South Asian, especially in America. Um, But yeah, I think that that, that's a really interesting question. And that's my initial thought on it. I think that's also a... Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. ahead. (laughs) I do think that it's important to allow other people to experience something like yoga, since it's so transformative it can be such a life changer for people. Um, and I think that it should be widely spread. And I I would think that those who first started practicing yoga, those who first started sharing yoga wanted more people to know about it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Because like, I like how your, your perspective, first of all, great answer um, for a tough question like that. And secondly, it, the balance of, we want people to benefit from this. It does change your life in a very positive way. And so if more people can access it, like that is the goal is to share and democratize it. But at the same time, I think to your point, like the acknowledgement and respect and really grounding it in the culture, for example, even just pronouncing the names for correctly, because you're right. Um, often, I, I mean, my father is a certified yoga instructor. We grew up doing yoga. Like, you know, we didn't really have a big like fitness culture, but we had movement culture in our house where we did yoga with my family on the weekends where an instructor would come and like our relatives would come over and was like super cute. Um, But like, I know the positions well, like I don't know how to teach it, obviously, but I can take a class. But when you hear these names like Chaturanga, you're like, I don't know what, like, you know, the position, but you don't know what to do because you can't even recognize the pose anymore because of the uh, instruction. So I feel like sometimes like if you can learn the Game of Thrones character names, like Daenerys, you can certainly learn Chaturanga. Like, Like, come on. So that's like where I get a little bit like, oh my gosh, like I feel like we need to like pass these yoga card, like instructor cards out like a little bit more diligently because like the respect yeah. has to be there. So I really appreciate your perspective for like balancing that. Um, Speaking of yoga, you know, I'd love to understand too. I think it's beautiful how our culture does. It's interesting. We have a lot of movement based practices and religions in our cultures of South Asia. Breathing is very, you know, a lot of the things like now we talk about with like breathing correctly in there yoga as a movement, um, even Kama Sutra for like sexual movement, like, you know, and like, I know typically we're like, Come and, see you. and like, it's used in like mainstream as like very, mm-hmm. um, kind of immaturely, but there are a lot of things that suggest movement in our, um, bodies for our cultures. And so it's surprising to me that we actually don't have more South Asian representation in the space of health. Um, we're seeing more for like beauty, which is also its own, like, you know, we have a lot Mm. of Ayurvedic science around that, but what's your opinion on that? Like with like this conflict that we see of like having it in our culture, but also like we don't really encourage a lot of people to go into it.
1: Yeah. I think in America specifically, most of my friends who identify as South Asian are pursuing something like finance or healthcare in the sense of being a nurse or a doctor or a surgeon, or like my brother is becoming a lawyer. So I think that that is the, the path that most people are encouraged and almost sometimes forced to take in university, in, um, in high school is more of a business or healthcare, something that's going to make them a little bit more money than fitness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that that is where the American culture, the South Asian American culture, almost gate keeps fitness from us. Like I am embarrassed sometimes to tell family members that this is what I'm pursuing. And that's something that's because everybody else in my family is a doctor or a lawyer or pursuing something that is making a lot more money than I am. Um, And it's really sad that I feel this way and that other people feel like they can't even become an instructor because they probably are so busy with their jobs right now that they don't have the time to Mm. prioritize this, that they never had the opportunity to participate in sports. They never had the opportunity to go to a fitness class because their family didn't prioritize it. Um, And I think that that is where where the South Asian American culture has like failed us in a way that we weren't able to do these things because because we were focused on achieving the American dream for yeah. our parents, for our grandparents. Like they came here so we could have access to better things than what they had where they came from
0: yeah, and I'm embarrassed to admit that, like whenever I thought about fitness or nutrition, it was always in the lens of also trying to achieve the standards of beauty for South Asian mm-hmm. um folks versus what it would do for me because literally, like health. Um yeah. and I think so sometimes it does feel like the intention we always had, like of having these exist, these practices, sciences, But we've somehow lost sight of like the criticality and we don't always have to go into the thing that like, you know, it's not to say we're trying to encourage people to all go into fitness, but Mm -hmm. acknowledging that it plays a larger role, um, embracing it, helping others if they do want to do that, being able to do that and elevate them to accomplish it um, and try to build a better relationship with I think fitness and wellness um, it's curious to me, you said you are embarrassed to, you know, sometimes share that. So can you talk a little bit more about where that embarrassment comes from? Like what, what do you
1: feel embarrassed about? Yeah, I, I literally think that the embarrassment comes from the financial aspect of not making as much as everybody else in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and that. I like it's not like anybody is telling me to feel that way either. It's just my perception yeah. of everybody else and how they're treated and how they're asked about their jobs and then how I'm literally never asked about mine. Like never. Um and that's why it's like I don't ever really want to bring it up in those situations because it's kind of like, okay, well, should I be yeah, I know. And that's fine by me, honestly. <laughs> yeah, talking about it. Um, but But yeah, that's that's kind of the sense of embarrassment that I get, I guess. But it's like, and also just growing up, like in with my grandparents, it was like, don't go on a walk for too long, or you might hurt yourself, or don't do that because you might injure yourself, or you should rest more. You look tired because X Y Z. It's like, well, because I haven't moved,
0: that's why I look tired. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think we've also seen it very differently because of the hustle mentality, the immigrant Mm grind, the American dream. And even just like being immigrants, I feel like sometimes this is a generalization, but I think we tend to be a little bit more risk averse. So like the concept of like running as a woman alone, like, my parents would pick the one story of like the white woman who ran in the park might've gotten, you know, like hurt and then, or murdered or assaulted. And they are like, you know, you can't go alone. So like yes. a lot of the times, even now, what sometimes when I go alone, I really feel conscious because I've just had a little bit more risk aversion embedded into me, mm-hmm. um, it serves well too. Cause I feel like, you know, sometimes I'm more careful than, you know, maybe, but also I think it makes me feel less embracing of like the concept. Um, And I appreciate you being very vulnerable about sharing, you know, the reasons why the embarrassment, I think a lot of the time it's interesting to me because people don't ask when they also don't feel sometimes comfortable. It's not even a lack of interest, but they don't know the space. Mm -hmm. So it's like, where do you even begin to ask the questions? So they stick to the topics they know. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless like, even when I used to like tell people I'm in HR, the only thing that like my relatives knew as like engineers, mostly was that HR was lazy according to them and that HR was just like the policy person. And so they wouldn't ask me anything, but they would just keep Mm -hmm. asking me about the fact that HR leaves early from work. And I'm like, actually, that's not true. I go into my manufacturing, like I used to work in a manufacturing facility. So like I go into work at like 4 a.m. So like, please, Um, but it's like just these misconceptions. So they wouldn't even ask, but they would talk for days if someone was an engineer about like Mm -hmm. that topic. Sometimes I feel like basically the discomfort is also what prevents from yeah. people. So I appreciate you not letting that hurt your chances of like or your courage to pursue it because we do need people like you out there representing and making it accessible to
1: us too. Seeing you do it makes me feel like, okay, I can do it too. Yeah, you totally can. I I really appreciate that acknowledgement too, and I think that's a really good perspective of feeling uncomfortable bringing up the topic because they don't they don't know. Really, anything about it or really anything about what I'm doing because I also haven't openly shared. So maybe I will openly share next time. Yeah, be obnoxious
0: (laughs) about it. (laughs) Be that person who turns everything back. Um, And so, like, actually, in that note, like, what would you, when you talk, when we talk about making it more accessible to folks, like, especially let's click into our community, like, how, when you work with South Asian clients, how do you, what kind of conversations do you find? yourself having to make it more accessible to them, these, you know, kind of just truths and realities of movement, fitness, health.
1: Yeah. I think that the biggest barrier that a lot of the South Asian clients that I work with, actually any clients, like older adults, young men, South Asians, um, everybody feels like they don't have time to take care of themselves. And that is why they normally gravitate towards training with me because our sessions are a time to take care of ourselves. It's not, I'm not a drill sergeant. I am your guide, not even like a teacher. I am your guide. I'm your friend. And we are going to use this hour to feel better about ourselves. And those conversations during our con- fitness consultations, which are usually like a 30 minute phone call, most of those conversations are I do all of these things and I just cannot find time for myself. So I really want to exercise, move twice a week to feel better about me. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Um, Why do you feel like you don't have time? And that's where this universal truth comes out that I feel like I have to take care of everyone. Mm. And that I think mostly for South Asian women is because we are taught that we are in the kitchen during family parties and we're cooking and we don't get to enjoy the time that everybody else gets to enjoy last one at the table for dinner, first one up to clean up, um, and that is our role. And growing up now in a time where that's not something that's normal in American culture anymore, and it's kind of steering away from that, we have the ability to speak our minds more freely, hopefully, um, and we can hopefully carve out that time for self-care. And um most of what I tell people when they feel this way is the reality that if we are not taking care of ourselves, we are not going to take care of other people in the most effective way. And if we are not carving out that time at the beginning of the day where before anybody else wakes up, we wake up two minutes earlier to just breathe. We can wake up two minutes earlier to just stretch our arm because it hurts. Um, And using those little moments in the day when we can prioritize ourselves before we take care of all of the other things that we need to take care of whether that's work whether that's our family whether Mm -hmm. that's our pets anything like finding that time where we can we can start our journey even in the smallest of ways that is so real Serena
0: I think that hits hard deeply like um, I feel like because I think a lot of us haven't grown up with mothers or women in our lives where we've seen themselves be able to even put themselves first if they wanted to. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think we've internalized that to some degree. So I think that's such a great truth that you've hit on. Um, So in that lens, like how would you advise, you know, your South Asian women listening or your clients, like how do you advise them to start putting themselves first? And what are some easy practices that we can incorporate let's say like we do nothing right now to take care of ourselves and we're just hustling.
1: Yeah. Easiest way is reflecting on our mood and on our actions. So everything that we think and everything that we do are related, right? Mm -hmm. So in the beginning of the day, how can we prepare ourselves for what's to come? That's by setting an intention. So A kalpa, which you've probably heard of in yoga before, it's a yogic practice of setting an intention, um, which usually san means a like devotion to the highest truth or the highest power. And then kalpa means a vow. Mm -hmm. So um, normally that's to reach enlightenment of some sort, but this is a little bit more simple, but just acknowledging the root of where this intention and this affirmation comes from. Typically they're set in an I am format. So I am resting. Maybe that's your intention in the beginning of the day. And that's a way that we can just start the day off in a way that we just thought about ourselves. And that was the first thing we thought about. Mm -hmm. Rather than waking up and thinking, okay, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta do that. We're waking up and we're thinking, what is my intention? I am restful. I am resting. Something that we're actively gonna be doing that we can remember. And then the second thing that you can do at the end of the day is clearing out your mind in a way that's positive. So thinking about three things that you're grateful for that you experienced that day, three Mm. positive things that have happened over the last week Um, and going to sleep, knowing that you have these things to be grateful for, that you had these positive things happen to you. Maybe positive things are coming that you want to think about. And that's the way that we're leaving the day almost on a positive note. And we can go to sleep and we can wake up and we can set a new intention. Um, and these definitely aren't easy tasks because waking up excited isn't something that we just automatically do. Yeah. I don't know anybody who gets out of bed and they're like, oh, you can have a great day today. Um, except the people on TikTok, of course. Yeah. Um, but- <laughs> At 4.05 a.m. At 4.05. They're like, I'm ready. Um, But yeah, so starting out the day with that intention is going to take a lot of work and ending the day with a positive feeling is going to take a lot of work. Um, But if you're looking for something to do right now, we can do a quick practice if you want. Oh, yeah, I would love that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Could we actually
0: end with that? I have like one couple more questions. (laughs) Totally. Because I, You mentioned like I am resting. Is rest bad? No. It's crucial. <laughs> and so why do we resist it so much? Because we're like, oh, resting is laziness. We glamorize the hustle culture. So how would
1: you like normalize rest? If you didn't rest, your muscles, your mind literally would never work. <laughs> yeah. That is like the simplest term. <laughs> <But> <laughs> That's a good point. But literally with like the science of our muscles, when we're working, let's say we, we do bicep curls every day and they never recover, like we're literally doing this all day, our muscle is going to tear. Mm-hmm. We're going to be fatigued in our arm. Our wrist is going to start to feel it. Our shoulder is going to start to feel it. Our back is going to start to feel it. Our chest is going to start to feel it. And eventually we're just going to fall apart because yeah. that one body part. Our brain or our bicep is working overtime and we're never giving it time to regenerate its muscular structure. We're never giving our brain time to regenerate and rest and turn off. Um, And that rest time is almost crucial to gaining that strength. Um, Something that in fitness is often overlooked too is recovery. And recovery can be rest. So sometimes mm-hmm. people stretch as recovery. Sometimes people foam roll or use like a massage gun to recover. And that is doing something. It's allowing our muscles to stretch rather than be contracted is what we usually do when we're working a muscle. It's allowing them to stretch, stretch and lengthen. And that is what gives us extra strength. Yeah. Um, so that's what's going to help us feel better and rest is literally like necessary <laughs> yeah
0: for survival no that's so yeah. helpful
1: and what if we wake up
0: and we're ha- we wake up in a bad mood because you've talked about like mood and actions like connecting but what if you start your day kind of in a low base how do you how, like and especially a lot of us are kind of doing that now we wake up and we're mm-hmm. like anxious we wake up and immediately feel like gosh like another day of this like drab like yeah. How would you advise like ways to not feel like, and now I forgot about it, but more like how to balance that and feel some positivity and optimism in our day? Yeah,
1: I think that the, the easiest thing to do in that sense is reflecting. And even though reflecting can be very, very difficult when we're in a bad state, it almost always helps to feel better to dump out the emotion and really sit with the feeling. I'm not somebody who who says to just keep going past the feeling. I am somebody who sits with feelings and that's why I cry a lot. Um, but but it's it's something that really helps to to start the day off in a good way. Even if feeling sad may may make you feel like it's looming over your day in some sense most of the time it helps to sit with the feeling and move past it. Otherwise, then we're just thinking about that all day. Yeah. Um I'm gonna plug something really fast. So the wellness yes. journal that I just launched, it um it's meant to kind of help with these situations. So this is like um an example of a page. So we check in with our mood in the morning and it's like a mood analysis. So it's literally a sad face, a neutral face, and a happy face. And that is the first thing that you do after writing the date on the page in this wellness journal. Um, and once you do that, you then set your I am statement. So you go in and you set your I am statement of probably something that's going to resonate with your current mood. Um, and that is like the biggest piece of the wellness journal and why I wanted to create it because it, Helps on those days when we wake up and we're in that bad mood because we can actually identify it on a piece of paper, like in front of us, and be like, It's a shitty day. Mm -hmm. Cross it. Yeah. And then directly go into something that's actionable, how we want to feel. And maybe that's, I am happier today. Maybe that's your intention for the day. And you can then remind yourself of that all day that I am happier today. And then there's a whole section for your thoughts and feels is what I call it, where you can literally write down why you're feeling sad and actually reflect mm. on that. Um, and then every day there's a different guided prompt. So the one for this day is what has gone well this week. And that is actually really fitting what we're talking about because yeah. think about, well, I guess this happened on Monday and even though it's thursday now i'm feeling this way but that was really fun and now i get to do it again on monday so i'm really looking forward to that right um, and i think that that really helps to think about why we're feeling a certain way and there's also a hydration and a sleep tracking portion so if you ended up getting 4 hours of sleep then you can be like oh that's maybe why i feel yeah. really tired and sad this morning um or if you got 8 hours of sleep Oh, maybe I just needed to sleep off this feeling. Maybe I need to go back to bed. <laughs> like, yeah. So many I times to it's like I'm just hospital. hungry or sleepy. Yes. I'm dehydrated. Like there's so many different things. Um, so I just wanted to share it out really fast of a I way that, that you can kind of think about things. I'd love, yeah.
0: And I'd love to share it more on the page too, because I think that's such a wonderful way to. Be able to just like set our day with intention, feel mm-hmm. the thing that we need to, and like be more in touch with like what our mind and body is experiencing. And, mm-hmm. um, and speaking of, I'm ready for my mind and body to experience the exercise that you're mentioning before we get to the chip
1: chip round. Yay! So, um, would love to do it. Okay, cool. So if you're comfortable in your space right now, you can close your eyes. if That feels mm-hmm. good. Or just soften your gaze. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes you're listening to this, (laughs) Um, but uh, I'll just invite you to soften your jaw, if that feels good, unclick it, if it feels clenched, maybe tighten up your face, bring your eyebrows together, scrunch your nose, and then just let it go and release, take a big breath in through your nose, and out through your mouth, and allow yourself to hear any sounds around you, Allow yourself to feel anything that you're feeling, the clothes on your skin, maybe a hair on your face. Just bring a big smile to your face. And start to think about three things that you're grateful for today. Could be anything, three things that make you feel good that make you feel positive, that make you feel loved, encouraged, three things that could literally be anything. Once you have those three things, take a big inhale through your nose, a big exhale out your mouth. Hold on to the feelings that you're feeling right now. Hold on to the way that these three things make you feel. Take one more breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. Let your eyes open, if it's available to you, give yourself a big hug. And that is the easiest way to practice self-care and we did it in like one minute. <laughs>
0: Serena, that was amazing. I feel radically different. Um, Yay! Thank you, it's such a small thing to do. I didn't need anything but your voice to walk me through. I feel so much better. Thank you Yay, for sharing I'm that bad. with us. Of course. Oh, what a wonderful way tea. to enter. <laughs> uh, what a wonderful way to enter the chip chip round. I'm like nervous. Mm, be nervous. No, I'm kidding. It's not bad. <laughs> um, all right. So easy one. Protein shakes. Yes or no? Absolutely.
1: Do uh, I give a why?
0: Uh, yeah,
1: I would like to okay. an answer to why. <laughs> um, easy protein is better than no protein. <laughs> That's fair. What is your spirit yoga
0: position? For example, like a spirit animal, but similarly, what's your spirit yoga position?
1: Lotus pose. Oh my gosh. My dog. Oh, is...
0: <laughs> he's like, you better answer me.
1: <laughs> lotus Aww. pose. Um, because I learned that a lotus grows in the mud, but blooms into a beautiful flower. So I feel like when I'm in lotus pose, I'm blooming to who I'm meant to be. <laughs> oh, I,
0: I love that. I love this cuddle fest happening. Your dog is like spirit animal. It me. <laughs> Hi, <baby. laughs> so you get to host a party with an unlimited budget. You can go wild. What
1: would you include for your guests? All of my favorite wellness products. Mm-hmm. The- journal that just launched yesterday of course (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah literally all of my favorite wellness products which is uh, which is a lot of things um so i guess like off field that's a great one Mm -hmm. they're a cannabis company they make cbd hydration Mm -hmm. um and it makes your workout feel even better than it normally does so Definitely like five bags of those for everyone. Maharindi, <laughs> <laughs> which is a CBD skincare brand. You can see the theme, Everything's CBD. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> are you in the Pacific Northwest or are you in the Pacific Northwest? I know. Truly. I love that. I want to be at this party. Um, I love the goodie bag you're going to send us home with. If you went to the Oscars, um, which celebrity would you want to present an award to?
1: Not really tapped in with the the Oscars this year, so I'm going to say anybody from the movie Don't Look Up.
0: Oh, nice. Good one. Very good cast.
1: (laughs) The best date you've ever been on? Uh, It was a beach date, and we spent the whole day at the beach and we like giggled the whole time we were walking on the beach and the drive home we blasted music and sang to our favorite songs it it was like the best and just the ideal
0: day. Oh that sounds amazing (laughs) my dream date would be to hang out with your dog I've decided so. (laughs) He would love that too. Yeah he's so cute.